Well, we're coming to the end of what we call crawfish season here uh, in our city. And uh, just thinking about crawfish season, haven't, haven't been able to do as many crawfish boils as usual in the last couple of years. But how many of you would say you love a good crawfish boil? Raise your hands if you'd say you love a good crawfish boil. Yeah, me too. There is something, although, that I have to confess that it took me a while to get used to uh, when we moved to New Orleans 10 years ago, and that is that a crawfish boil and eating crawfish together is actually what's called family-style dining. It doesn't just mean your family. What it means is you dump everything out on one table, and then everybody just gets around the table and dives in to that one thing. It is literally like... Uh, uh, it, it is a festival for viruses to just, you know, just come alive, you know. It is like, I want you to touch my food. You could touch, you know, you touch my food. I'll touch your food. We'll put it in. Uh, well, let's just go ahead and feed each other, you know. And, and it, It's literally like that. I, I just have to tell you, how many of you enjoy that family-style dining? Raise your hands if you enjoy it. Now, I've learned to enjoy it. But I have to tell you that I'm actually not a person that enjoys sharing my food. I, I don't, that's not something I like to do. It's not something I enjoy. The problem is that I married somebody that loves to share food. And really what I mean by that is not that she wants to share her food with me. It's that she always wants me to share my food with her. My wife grew up in a Latin culture where you literally can just grab people's food off of their play. And this took me a while when we first got married. In fact, I'll be honest, I'm still not really used to this. And uh, last night, let me, it, it, this is kind of the routine that we go through. We, we went out to a restaurant last night, which is kind of a dangerous thing in our family to begin with. Uh, we have a three-year-old. Taking him to a restaurant is like a whole adventure that we prepare days for, you know. And, uh, and so we, we got to the restaurant, and this is, we went through it last night uh, where we order food, and I always say to my wife, is that all that you want to order? She says, yes. And I always say, are you sure? She says, yeah, that's, that's it. I'm not that hungry. And I, and I always tell her, okay, what I'm about to order, I want to eat all of. I want all of the drink, all of the fries, everything that I order. I just want to make sure that you know that I want to eat all of my food. So do you want to order anything? No, I'm good. Well, without fail, my wife, she did it, did it again last night, reached across the table, grabbed a hold of my drink uh, that I had in front of me and, and just said, I said, I can get you one. Right as she was about to, I said, let me get you one. And she said, no, I don't want, it, it doesn't taste as good when it's mine. It tastes better when it's yours. She's had this saying for our entire marriage. The saying goes like this, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. You know, thinking about this concept, thinking about the family dynamic that we have, I was thinking that God kind of has this concept as well. God kind of has the same concept that what's his is his, and, and what's ours is actually, it's his. And there's a, a, a principle that he lays out. It's a word, won't hear this word in any other setting, it's not a word that's used outside of, a, of church because it's not a word that's really used outside of a biblical uh, context. And the word that God kind of uses to help us understand that everything is actually all, it all belongs to him 
is this word called tithe. And so the tithe actually means a tenth or 10%. So the concept, you know, if you're going to use it outside, you would say 10% or or a tenth. You wouldn't use the word tithe. But the tithe, whenever you hear that word tithe, whenever the offering is taken or you hear me say from this microphone tithe, uh, that word is actually a biblical concept that God uses to mean a tenth or 10%. What he, what he means by this is that, that as you receive from him, you give back to him what already belongs to him, and that is the first 10%. So whatever you get, you give back how much? 10%. That's, that's what the tithe means. And this is a biblical concept, really, that God set up. It's a system that the Lord set up. And the main reason that he set up the system is not because heaven is going broke. Hello? It's not like his system to go, I want to make sure that we don't become broke in heaven. Like I said last week, God don't need your money. He wants your heart. But it's the system that God set up to make sure that we prioritize and to make sure that we actually, he's helping us arrange and prioritize our lives around him by putting him first. Everybody say first. So the tithe is not the last 10%. Let me make this clear. It is the what? The first 10%. The first occurrence that we can read about, about the tithe, actually occurs in Genesis chapter 14 when uh, God helps Abraham in a battle that Abraham is in. He gives gives him over all of his enemies. and, And we see that Abraham actually says, God, you gave me this victory. It actually all belongs to yours. I'm gonna give you back the first 10 and then we read this in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Uh, a What's that word? A tithe. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Then in Deuteronomy, we read uh, several books later in Deuteronomy uh, 14.23, it says, Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. So we're seeing this over and over and over again. Then we see in Nehemiah, there was this this leader in Nehemiah that actually God used him to rebuild the walls of the broken down city of Jerusalem. And as Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls, he does something really interesting. They're in the middle of trying to rebuild the walls, which is the first step to rebuilding the city of Jerusalem for the Jewish people. And Nehemiah reinstitutes the tithe that had gone away. It it was a principle that they had stopped doing. And Nehemiah says, I'm going to reinstitute the tithe because everything we do from here on out, we are going to have our hearts focused on the Lord. So he he reinstitutes that that tithe. And there's something that we see in the book of Nehemiah that's really interesting. And the concept is this. Hearts that are moving towards God are encouraged to tithe. Hearts that are drifting away from God, stop tithing. Let me say that again, because it's really good. I can't tell by the look on your faces. I'm just going to believe by faith. That's really good. Hearts that are drifting toward God, tithe. Hearts that are drifting away from God, stop tithing. And I've seen this as a pastor over and over and over. Many times, the first thing to go when people are beginning to slip in their relationship with God 
is their tithe, where hearts that are drifting away from God will tithe, and hearts that are drifting toward God will tithe. Now, some of you that are biblical scholars in the room, and, uh, and you, man, you're theologians, you go, well, isn't the tithe, uh, you know, the law system, and isn't that the Old Testament law system? Here's what I want to tell you, two things. Number one, the tithe actually predates the law. It actually came into existence before the law came into existence. The second thing that I want you to know is that Jesus actually, uh, he, he actually encourages the tithe. I don't have time to go into a whole teaching on that, but he encourages the tithe, and then he encourages us to go above and beyond the tithe. And so the, 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 the Old Testament predates the law in tithing. The New Testament, Jesus actually uh, admonishes the tithe, and he's okay with the tithe. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower here in the room, look this way, y'all. If you are not a Christ follower, and you say you're, you're already in your heart, you're going, God just wants my money. Here's the good news. God don't want your money. This is actually set up for people that are a part of the family of God. It is actually set up. It's a principle that God set up for people that are Jesus followers that have dedicated their life over to him, that, that have surrendered. Remember that whole song? I surrender everything but the tithe. I surrender everything but the tithe. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender everything but the tithe. That's a, that's a song that believers sing because we surrender all. It's not a song that unbelievers have to sing. All God wants for you, unbelievers, is your heart. He just wants your life. That's all he wants. He's not, he not after your pocketbook. So understanding that the tithe is a biblical concept and helping them understand this, I want to help us understand this as well. And so I'm going to have my friends help me because what they did in the Old Testament was money was not only in currency, it was also in fruits and vegetables and different things like that. And so my friends, here's the way that, that the tithe would go, and it's the way that it's supposed to go for us. And so if you get a if you get ten watermelon, how many watermelon belong to God? One. Okay? Good. Some of you are good at math. Okay? And so there you go. And so so you get ten watermelon, so you get one that goes to God. So the 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 one, how many below belong to God? One, okay, because one is the what? It's a tenth, which is the biblical word for what? The tithe, okay? So God, I know I got I got ten watermelon. I instantly, I'm going to give one to you because this is a habit. It's a practice. It's a principle that I have in my life. And so, yep, here we go. Nope, nope, goes over there. Here you go. Yep. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. You can give that over here, but anyway. Uh, and so, if I get uh, can this cantaloupe, right? Okay, is this cantaloupe? Okay, so if I get ten cantaloupe, how many how many belong to God? Yeah, so one goes to God. So here's my tithe. God, you're giving me the rest of this. I get all of this. That's wonderful, God. Thank you so much. You're blessing me, God. I'm just tithing. I'm making sure that I'm tithing. As I'm tithing, you are giving me the rest of it, God. And Lord, thank you, God, for pineapple. This is one of my favorites, okay? How many of you love a good cooked pineapple, okay? Even though I love it and I'm tempted, this is probably the one that I'm tempted to keep it all, but no, Lord, I'm a tither. 
this is my principle, this is my practice. I give the first 10% to you. And so I tithe, that belongs to you, God. Thank you for the pineapple. Lord, you are blessing me. Thank you so much for everything. God, thank you for apples, God. And, uh, and as I get 10 apples, how many belong to God? Come on, shout it out. How many? One. Okay, one belongs to God. That's my tithe. Okay, he gave me all of it, so I'm giving one uh, back to him. And then, uh, there we go. This is uh, avocado. Okay. Don't get mad at me. Okay. This is, man, that's the most passionate you've gotten in the service. This is an avocado, so God gives me 10 avocados. How many belong to him? Yeah, because that's the what? That's the tithe. Yeah, you're getting it. Good, good, good. And so, oh, these are peppers. All right. So, God, thank you for the peppers. These are really healthy for you. And so, God, you get nine peppers. I'm going to give you, or God, you get one pepper, okay, because this is the what? It's the tithe, okay? Nine of them, those goes again. So, God, thank you for the bananas. We go through bananas in our house like crazy, okay? And so, thank you for the bananas, God. I'm going to give you the first package of bananas. This belongs to you. Uh, the other nine packages belong to to me. God, thank you for the mango. Come on, somebody. I'm going to be honest. This is one of the only fruits that I will take the time to peel. Uh, I don't like anything that I have to work for. I don't really like, okay? Uh, but I, I will peel a mango because, man, this is good stuff. So, God, I'm going to give you the first mango. You gave me 10 of them. I'm giving you the first one because this is my what? It's my what? Tithe. Okay, good. So, thank you for that mango, Lord. Oh, yes, cauliflower. God, thank you for the cauliflower, God. I, God, you gave me ten cauliflowers. I'm, I'm giving, I, you, you let me keep nine. But the first thing I'm going to do is give you one because this is my what? It is my tithe. Good. Lord, oranges, God, actually, you can just have all the oranges. Never mind. Uh, but, but, Lord, you gave me ten oranges. I'm going to give you one back because this is my what? Tithe. Well, Lord, I'm really struggling over here. God, I, don't, I feel like I don't have enough. I need more to survive in my life. Come on. I don't have enough, Lord. I, I, I need more to survive in my life. Hmm. Let's look at this. This is us, y'all. This is the 90%. Hello? Does this look like we should be able to survive on this? Yes. Dave Ramsey, a financial guru who's also a believer, that teaches, when he teaches on tithing, here's what he says. He says, you don't even need faith to tithe when you live in the United States of America. He said, what you need to do is stop coveting, stop being materialistic, stop thinking that you're, stop getting mixed up between your needs and your wants. Stop looking at all the ads and the advertisements that come your way because this is our opportunity to say, God, Thank you for everything you've given me. You've given me so much. And Lord, I want to give back to you. This is the what? It's the tithe. When I see this, when this comes to life for me, this principle of tithing, I go, come on, what are we even thinking here? This should be easy to give back to God. And this is, is what God has given me to live on. Everybody say tithing. So here's the story that kind of illustrates this the best. It's a, uh, 
what, what happened? I don't know what's, what's going on. Never mind. God says, I just want... I just want 10%, and I don't want 10% because I'm going broke in heaven. I want 10%. I want the first 10% because I want you to understand that this represents that you understand I gave you all that. Hello? All this says is what James already told us so well. It's being trained in trust. It's understanding that, God, you gave me all that in, in order to train my heart and my mind and my soul to remember that it, this is not just through my effort, Lord. You did this. You helped me to earn what I've earned, and, and you gave me all of this. I'm going to remind myself every time I receive any resource that the tithe represents that I understand you get the first 10% because you gave me all of it. Here's a key story in the Bible about this. There's a, 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 a key story in the Bible in a book called Malachi. And the story goes really simply like this, that the Bible says that the Israelite people had, at one point, they had been sent off to exile. And it was a really dark time in the history of Israel. And they go into exile and they come back from exile. They're finally back in Jerusalem. And after hundreds of years, they're back. And they begin to rebuild the city, and they rebuild the temple. But when they come back from exile, God isn't just interested in the buildings that they're, they, they built. He's not just, just interested in the temple and the, the city walls and everything that they did to build Jerusalem. He's more interested in what's happening in their heart. And so God sends this guy named Malachi to deal with the whole list of things. First of all, that they were having... Uh, uh, unfaithfulness in their marriages. So Malachi says, God sent me to deal with your marriages, that you're being unfaithful in your marriage. And then he says, God also sent me to help you understand you got to be obedient to him. Some of you are living in disobedience. And then God said, he also sent them to deal, he sent Malachi to deal with their attitude and their heart towards giving. And these are the words of Malachi as he's, as he's dealing with this subject. He says in Malachi 3 verse 8, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your, your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the, what? The tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my, what? My temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. God says, put me to the what? God said, test me. It's, it's the only time in Scripture that God says, you don't believe me? Why don't you give it a shot? Why don't you test me and see if this happens? Here's what you, you need to understand. He said, bring your tithe to the storehouse or to the temple. Well, what is the storehouse? What is the temple? The storehouse was the church. It was the, before the church, the church even, the term even existed. This was the Old Testament version of the New Testament version of a church. It is the place where you are growing spiritually. It is the place where you worship God 
corporately together. It is the place that is helping disciple your kids. It is the place that God is using to grow you up. It's the place where God is giving you community and relationships and fellowship with other people that also love Jesus. It is the place that is helping you when you need encouraged spiritually. It is the temple, God's church, the place where you are growing and receiving spiritual sustenance is where God tells you to bring your tithe. Hello? And isn't it amazing that God knew that his church would also need a system to to move forward in mission? That he understood that the church could operate this way where we could move forward in our mission and every other church around the world could move forward in mission if, if, if the people in the church got this concept of tithing, where, man, this actually helps the church of God move forward. Everything you see, okay, the light, the fact that the lights are on and not off this morning, the fact that this microphone is working, the fact that, 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 that myself and a few others around here are, are on staff and paid by the church, the, the, all that you see is because of people that understand the practice of tithing. Hello? So it's amazing that God would not only challenge people individually and personally to this concept, but that he would set up a system that helps the mission of God's church move forward. How cool is that? But here's the logic of the people of the Israelites. They're going, well, God, you don't understand. We got a lot to do. We just got back from exile. Now we're in the city. We got all this stuff happening, God. Uh, man, we got to set up our economy. We got utilities that we got to pay. Yes, they had a form of utilities back in this day. Man, we got we got civic improvements that we got to make. I mean, City Hall is in shambles, Lord. Don't you understand? Can't you see that building just needs help? Uh, we, we've got social services to set up. We've got to set up a national defense. We need an army, Lord, let alone the farms and everything that we need to get going so we can build some agriculture so we can feed ourselves. And so... What the mentality of the Israelites during this time when Malachi was sent to confront them was, God, we're going to honor you, but we got to take care of ourselves first. And then after we taken care of ourselves, then we're going to give what's left over to you. Watch this. God ain't interested in your leftovers. Mm. He's not interested in what you brought home to put in the fridge. He's not interested in, well, here's a tip, Lord. I'm just going to tip you for what you've done for me. I'm just going to give you a little tip. God says, no, you've got it backwards. It's not take care of yourself first and then give me whatever's left over. It is honor me first and I will take care of the rest. Hello? Hello? In other words, it's this. You can write this down. Giving God the first portion invites him into the other portion. Giving God the first portion invites him into the other portion. In other words, until you do this, God ain't even invited into the rest of it. Let me say, I I need this new job. I I need a raise or I need this. I just got to tell you, look this way, and I deeply believe this with all of my heart, okay? If you want God involved in your finances, 
and you are praying and you say, God, I need this. I need a raise. I need this. I need this new job. Lord, help me build this new company, God. Lord, I need help here. Listen, you can pray and beg and plead with God all you want, but God's just sitting back and he's going, hey, until you do this, you aren't even really inviting me into the rest of it. It's just you, baby. Hello? You're just trying to fend for yourself. But when we tithe, when we put him first, when we honor him, we say, God, I'm honoring you because I am not only trusting you, I want to invite you into the rest of my finances. We build our faith when we tithe. We begin to be able to trust God in a new way. And here's what I need to tell you. Listen to me. God blesses us, but his blessing doesn't always make sense. If you ask anybody in this room that's been a a lifelong tither or that started tithing, okay? I've been a lifelong tither. I grew up tithing. My parents taught it to me. I've I've taught my kids to, to do this. We literally have conversations about it almost weekly in our house. Any money that comes in, what are you going to do with the first 10%? Yep, Dad, I know. I'm going to tithe. Hey, what, is God, what, is, what happens when you tithe? We honor God. When we tithe, God, that, that's, that puts him first, so we invite him into the rest when we tithe. Listen, you can ask anybody that's been a tither, and they'll, and they'll say, does this even make sense? And the answer is no. It really doesn't. Like, you go, I don't even understand. Like, you look at the books at the end of the year, and you go, this doesn't, how do we even survive on, I don't even understand, do we not pay taxes this year? Like, how did we even, how did this even happen? It's a mystery. God's blessing is not a formula. It is a mystery. It is a mystery. And I found that God helps me in four different ways when I tithe. There's four different ways that I've, I've discovered that God helps me. You can write these down because this is when God gets involved in my finances. When I'm tithing, giving the first 10% to him, there's four ways that God blesses me. First of all, he gives me deals. I just get deals. I get deals that people that aren't tithing don't always get. Like, I mean, just deals. Deals on clothing. Deals on cars. Deals like that we shouldn't get. This, this like supernatural deals that open people go man i really like that and i go yeah it's nice i paid like eight dollars for it god gives me deals okay well you just must be a really good researcher nope actually not i'm not that good god just gives me deals the second thing that he does is i get donations my our family gets donations like from weird places people just donate stuff several years ago my wife was in a car accident and we didn't know how we were going to replace her car. And, uh, and, man, we got a phone call that week. Somebody out of the blue said, hey, we just want to donate our car to you. That doesn't make any sense, y'all. Hello? It's strange. It's mysterious. It's just what God does. He gives me deals. He gives me donations. The other thing that God does is he opens up doors. He opens up doors. Sometimes it's relational doors. Sometimes it's just doors of opportunity that he opens where all of a sudden a door swings open that I stand back and I go, that doesn't even make sense. That shouldn't be open. There's no way we should have gotten through that door. Man, we would have had to work. We would have had to bust through that door so hard. And just doors just open like that don't make sense. I've seen this happen in the church. I've seen it happen in my personal life. Anybody that's a tither here would tell you there's just weird things things that happen hello 
mysterious blessings. And then the last thing, the one that you've all been waiting for, is yes, God does give us dollars. He gives us dollars where, man, just mysterious blessings. James, James shared with you, $300 shows up out of the blue in their checking account. I can't tell you how many times that has happened to us. We, we needed $20,000 to sell our house in Dallas, Texas when we were moving to plant a church here. Otherwise, we were going to have to literally come up with 20000 We didn't know where it was going to happen. Somebody literally just wrote us a check for $20,000, and we did not even ask them. Hello? Dollars, doors, deals, donations. These mysterious blessings that God just opens up for us. It's not a formula. I can't even really explain to you how it works. I'm just here today to tell you as a lifelong tither, it works. It works. God said, test me in this. And really, and let me make this clear. Your view of God determines how you do this. If you view God as a recipient of your resources, here's how this goes. You're in your seat right now. You're going, fine. Got to be a good Christian. I suppose, God, this is what I'm supposed to do. Fine. You can have the first 10%. There you go. Hope you're happy, Lord. Now I got to figure out how to make it on this. Wow, Lord, sure hope you're, you know, pleased with me. Check mark in heaven. Yep. I sure do love Christianity. It's such a joyous life. I'm just telling you, if that's the attitude, forget it. But if you view God as the benefactor, in other words, God, you gave me all this. Lord, you gave me the ability to work. You put air into my lungs so I could get up in the morning and work. Lord, you're giving me these mysterious blessings. It's not a formula. It's a mystery. Lord, you've given me all this. Lord, it all belongs to you. All of this is yours. What's yours is mine. And what's mine is yours. Lord, it's, it's, it all belongs to you anyway. Lord, I am so Lord, I am so joyful to give this to you. God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. That's called joyous giving. And God, your view of God, if you view him as the recipient of what's yours, your attitude will never get right when it comes to the tithe. But if you view God as the benefactor, the one who gave it to you in the first place, and the fact that it all actually belongs to him, I promise you it will change your perspective as the band comes forward because here's what happens when you view God as the benefactor you go God this is all yours anyway and God you've blessed me you just keep blessing me I don't understand how it works out Lord kingdom builders the, the the ability to excel in generosity to give over and above the tithe to to help missions around the world the ability Lord to help Local projects here in our community. Lord, the, Lord, yes, God, thank you. Oh, yes, Lord. Lord, I don't even need all this. Lord, I want to be, I don't want to just be obedient and tithe. I, I want to excel in generosity, Lord. It all belongs to you anyway, Lord. Thank you, God. Whoa. Thank you, God. It all belongs to you. That's what happens 
When you begin to give to God and you understand he's the benefactor, it doesn't usually stop with the tithe. You just keep excelling in generosity and you're, you love to give. In fact, you live to give. Hello? A need in your small group comes up. Somebody is, is struggling or hurting or needs groceries or uh, is going to miss a, a payment on their utilities. And you're like, man, Lord, thank you. You've already blessed me. I'm going to write that check. I'm going to give them. I'm going to Venmo them that money. I want to excel in giving. I want to excel in generosity. That's what happens. This is such a cool concept. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gift to speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Hmm. I want to, as we get ready to close, I, I just want to read something to you that is pretty interesting. And, and just let me just title this, what would happen if everybody tithed? And by everybody, I, I don't just mean this church. I mean every, every church around the world. What would happen if everybody tithed? Your statistics say that tithers make up less than 25% of the average church. So according to stats, the people that call Saints Community Church home, 25% of them are tithers. Now, praise God, I don't know the stats, but I know we're higher than the stats. Most churches, it's 10 to 15%. If you totaled everybody that attends church in the United States, it would be less than 5% of people that call themselves Jesus followers that give God the first portion. Here's another very scary statistic. 80% of the overall tithe in the U.S. comes from people that are older than 50. Now, first of all, I just want to thank everybody in that generation that's in this room. You have carried us. Thank you. Now, this isn't news to them. Someday, they're going to go be with the Lord. And my question is, what, what, what makes it scary is, what happens then? How does God's church move forward at that point? Relevant Magazine did a thing called What If? What if every Christian in America started to give their tithe? Here's what they figured out. If every Christian in America started to give, an, an, if they started to give their tithe, the first fruits, an additional $165 billion for churches to use and distribute, $25 billion would be given to relieve global hunger, starvation, and death from preventable, preventable diseases. Watch this. We would cure all hunger, all preventable diseases, all of, of global hunger and starvation in five years' time. It'd be gone, erased. Fifteen billion would solve the world's water and sanitation issues. One billion would fully fund all overseas missions work. There would be over a hundred billion left to still move God's church forward. So here's the way it looks. We have an underfunded church that isn't able to go out and reach the lost, accomplish God's purpose fully. Think about what we could do at Saints Community Church, not even just to move our own church forward, but think about what we could do with our 
kingdom builders projects, if we excelled in generosity, if everybody understood that God gets the first portion. Hello? I'm telling you, listen, it is not one person that makes a ginormous difference. It is when everybody comes together and understands, I'm a follower of Jesus. I surrender all to Jesus. It all belongs to him. He's the benefactor. I give him the first 10%, the tithe, willingly, joy, joyfully, and excited. As, he do, as I do that, he said, test me in this. He's going to give me deals, and dollars, donations, and open up doors for me. One of the most powerful things about this concept, about get, giving God our best, our first, is that God gave us his best, didn't he? Who's his best? He gave us Jesus. I heard a pastor say one time, and I don't know how theologically correct it is, but it is a pretty powerful concept to think about. Jesus was God's tithe to us. Hello? Now we get to turn around and give him our best. 